Welcome to Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And we're live today and happy to take your calls, 410-662-8780. And Cindy, it's time for brunch. Oh, it's so fun. Brunch is such a, it's like a holiday. Well, it, it is. People just love it. Mm-hmm. We've been doing, have we done a brunch program before? We've been doing this 10 years. Yeah, it's been a long, long time. I, I'm sure we have, but it would have been years ago. I think that, that, that we could probably have the research department find the file that has that. <laughs> the research department. Yeah. All right. All our, right. Our, so our, brunch. Our, what our you... executive producer can contact the junior producer uh-huh. who can find what? someone in the research department to what do research you, what, this. What do you like about brunch, Tony? Why do you, why do you, uh, why do you go for it? Honestly, Saturday is a big work night for us. Right, exactly. And it usually means it's exactly. it's not it's it's not like big food. Like at the end of the night, uh, I will come home and I will have, uh, just like all the British detective shows I like to watch, uh, a cheese and pickle sandwich. You know, on like crusty <laughs> on like I'm not joking, on crusty bread, some Ew, nice che- God, some nice cheddar. So, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm gonna offend somebody. That just sounds disgusting to me. No, no, pickles? like what delightful. kind of cheese? It is delightful. God, that's that's like a man sandwich right there. Now nah, I really offended people. All right, all right. Oh so my God! What kind of cheese? Don't be sexist, Don't Don't say mozzarella. B- buffalo mozzarella. No, buffalo. Tony's cheddar. got buffalo milk mozzarella in his cheddar. refrigerator. I do, but I don't use it for that sandwich. I may use it for brunch. Let's stay on topic, Cindy. All right. <laughs> so, but I, I'm always hungry, you know. So it's kind of a, and if I have some time. To cook Sunday uh, leading up to it or to prep some things, you know, we do the program and then finish everything and sit down with the family. That's just yeah, great. That's, that's nice. It's a good time. It's it's a nice time with family. And that's, I think, the tradition about it. You know, it seems like if you're, you know, going to <clears throat> go to church or, or whatever you do with your Sunday, it's nice to have that time together to continue those moments. My, my girls always want pots to brunch. Brunch has largely become, with one like taco outlier, it has largely become pasta brunch. Mm-hmm. Where, and they've started helping me make the pasta at times. And that's fun. That's good. That's great. Good learning time too. And sometimes so it's too boring. What's your favorite? Uh, uh, like when you were a kid, did you have a favorite thing that you you all would have at brunch? Steak and eggs. Oh, yum. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was that was a that was a big deal. Or if my great grandmother fried chicken the day before, mm. cold fried chicken, mm-hmm. cold fried chicken, pickles and hot biscuits out of the oven. Now that that that'll get your morning right. Well, morning, midday <clears throat> depends. What what time is brunch, Cindy? Anyway, yeah, I think one o'clock, but I'm sure it's different times for everybody. I remember one time when I was a kid, my aunt made a crab gratin, and I just remember it was just. It was in a big casserole dish. I'm sure it was easier for her to make because obviously my family was visiting uh, my aunt's family and it was a lot of people to feed. And I don't think I'd ever eaten crab before because I don't really think it was readily available where I was living at a time when I was well, little. Was, and that, was that in Pennsylvania or Yeah, Virginia? yeah, and exactly, in New York. Oh, it's, a, it's, it's illegal in Pennsylvania sometimes. What? Crab. 
<laughs> but I mean, it was just seemed very exotic. I just, I it was pretty little. And um, yeah, I, 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 I just thought that was really, really super cool. And then I remember one time she made the crab gratin and little, you know, scallop shells. And that seemed very fancy to me. But those, those are, I don't really remember having brunch that much when I was a kid. Mostly we had, you know, a big uh, dinner after church on Sundays. So yeah, the, the, the big brunchy occasion for my family when I was very little, um, my grandfather had been a Colts fan like crazy mm -hmm. and always went to games, always like, you know, took one of the, the, the buses back and forth to the games, to Memorial Stadium. And he would have a bunch of people come to, that he and, and my grandmother have a bunch of people come to their house mm. and they'd have whiskey sours <laughs> and they'd have, uh, oh gosh, uh, cream chip beef was the big fave. Okay. All right. That, yeah. And, and that was that was an honest love for me as a little boy. And that's not expensive to make at all. It depends I mean, how good the sherry is you put in the, uh, in the sauce. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a good uh, way to feed a lot of people. Well, and of course, in the South for us, it would be, you know, some sort of biscuit with, you know, sausage gravy or something like that. And I mean, I have to say now that's a good inexpensive breakfast what? or brunch. And, um, you know, uh, I could, I mean, I could eat that right now. A really nice, you know, kind of spicy uh, pork, ground pork sausage, a uh, little bit of, all you have to do with something like that is uh, make a bechamel or, you know, thicken a little bit of milk and um, add your browned off sausage. You could certainly add a little bit of really finely uh, ground onions and, um, you know, and, and make your biscuits and, or you could do little patties either way. Well, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call, 410-662-8780. What's your favorite brunch dish? What's your favorite brunch occasion, memory? Uh, what's your fantasy brunch? What's your really smart budget brunch? Uh, but that's, that, that, that's on the brain and probably will leave us pretty hungry by the end of this. So that I did learn to make whiskey sours, by the way, from my my grandfather when I was about five years old. How do you make them? Well, first you have to separate the eggs. I didn't know it had eggs in it. Yeah, okay. it's, well, it's, it's, I've it's never for had the whites. One. Okay, you got to juice the lemons. You got to juice the oranges. Hmm. You need the okay. egg whites. Mm -hmm. uh, for him, it was always uh, a, a brand that is no longer a fancy brand, but was once pretty darn good. Cabin Still. That was his bourbon of choice, and okay. um, yeah, that. I mean, so honestly, how, it was. Is it, it was all you, that you shake it like crazy. Shake it, okay. Yeah, or they'd make pictures of them. So it was you know. bourbon and egg whites and fresh orange juice and fresh lemon juice and sugar. Sugar, okay. Sugar, sim simple syrup, or okay, and you or, just shake uh, it up, and so it's frothy. That's yeah, what the egg whites he, do, he right? Would make, they they would make a, a brown sugar. Simple huh. syrup, oh, which is pretty great. Good. Yeah, yeah, it was very. That good sounds good. I, I I could try that. Oh. Is bourbon the one that tastes like that Scott Scotch that tastes Bur like peat bourbon, or something? Bourbon tastes like corn because it's made okay, from right. corn. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah. Scotch tastes a good bit more mm. like a barbecued sea serpent. Yeah, that that I can't. It's yeah, a much more it, much it. more savory flavor. Good. Okay. What other drinks do you like for brunch? Is there anything else or something today that you I like mean, to make? Bubbles. I mean, you, you, well. it's, you, you want bubbles. You want <laughs> champagne. Sure. I tell you that people love to adulterate sparkling wine for different purposes, whether it's mimosas or poinsettias. Or, uh, there's almost anything 
that you can do. The one piece of advice I would give is pick a sparkling wine. That if you're going to do something with it, that's not already a bit sweet. I don't think Prosecco is ideal. I think okay. Prosecco is great for brunch, but I wouldn't do anything to it. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, I think Cava is delicious and, and often a really good bargain, or Conca from Spain. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't, you know what I mean? But I, but I wouldn't yeah. necessarily do anything to Add it. things to it. So what yeah, would you it, use and it also, to it? It, it lacks a bit of an acid spine. But I, the two things I would use, one, uh, sparkling wine from uh, the eastern part of France. So Alsace, uh, the Jura, uh, th- those two areas always have really bright and shiny, especially Alsace, um, super crispy, uh, Cremant, it's called. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you see de Savoie also. Um, there's a German sparkling wine that is made in a champagne style called Sect, which is made from Riesling very typically. Uh, and it's spelled in a very Teutonic way, S-E-K-T. And Sect uh, is inherently super dry and crisp and wants fruity you know, embellishments from mm-hmm. time to time. So it could be, I mean, if you have a processor or, or a juicer, like blueberry juice in sect okay. is beautiful, you know, like a drop of rose water or something. Okay. That that, that kind of thing is delightful. But what do you just think champagne about, on its own. What do you think about uh, passion fruit? Do you think that's too much for um, a sparkling wine or would it be good? That that might be the one thing that you you could use something that's a little bit off dry for. Okay. So let's say it's a, a sparkling Vouvray, which mm-hmm. you'll see labeled uh, Vouvray Petillon. Um, or or maybe that's the thing for Prosecco, mm-hmm. a little passion fruit. Okay. And that might be fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's and the bubbles wake up the palate. That that's part of it. And a little bit of acidity is nice to have. Passion fruit has the acidity. That's why I would use it. With How about the perfect 100%. Bloody Mary? I think that's really personal for people. Oh, sure. I'm sure it is. They swear by a brand of tomato juice as the base. Okay. But some people are really bananas and they want to literally juice their own tomatoes. Hmm. That's awesome. Know, or, or just use like preserved crushed tomatoes and then puree them and, and play with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the, I don't know that there's one perfect. I, I know well, the recipe from the Governor's Club from you know the 1950s that I had to make when I was a kid. I know that. What, that always what? had a little bit of horseradish in it, mm-hmm. lemon juice, Worcestershire, uh, celery seed, but you had to, to toast them and crush them first. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you got like in the mouth, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, and... And we always did a little bit of flavored salt. The salt was just, you, you literally grind it with a little bit of cracked pepper. Okay. Uh, yeah. Give a little bit of edge to, to the rim. And pickled shrimp were the garnish there. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. this little spear of tiny shrimp in the, in the Bloody Mary. That was crazy popular. I bet. I like the shrimp as a garnish. That sounds good. And no, to, no Tabasco or something hot? Or it wasn't traditional back then? It, it was a mild crowd. Okay. I mean, yeah. Pe- well, the pepper gives it, it spice yeah. on the rim. Yeah. Yeah. But celery yeah, salt. Little Tabasco, sure. Okay. Yeah. I like Tabasco in there. Uh, Bloody Mary. What, are there other traditional, since we're talking about drinks, are there other traditional drinks that, or something special that you like? 
I mean, there, there are certainly people that, I mean, for the people, we, we should talk in an entire stretch about, about, okay. uh, okay. you know, n- not just drinks, but I mean, to talk about tacos mm-hmm. and that kind of, because that's, peop- that's a number of people's comfort. Well, tacos are, are the answer. That's for sure. That's a great brunch dish. Again, feeds a lot of people, can be very inexpensive depending on what you want to do. And yeah, that would be, that would be fun. Is, is, uh, is, do you ever, you put seafood in your tacos too sometimes, I know. So I think that's, that's, I don't know if everybody thinks about that um, if it's not necessarily your culture. So to make them. the, The simple rule for, for fish tacos is you, you need avocado or guacamole, one or the other. That's well seasoned, and you just literally like you will cook or grill a piece of something firm. You know that's that's whatever. About, you don't want something that's going to fall apart completely. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, not going to help you out. I definitely like fish tacos. I'd never really thought of that before uh, we started making them. Yeah, good squeeze of lime. Um, you can put a little raw onion, but it's not the it, it's not the be all end all. Mm-hmm. And and for me, a ton of cilantro is what I always want. Just a lot of chopped cilantro in there. Okay. And then salsa, whatever you whatever you like. Well, it's fun that we're live today, so hopefully we'll hear some, you know, hear from folks, and when we come back. Yeah, give us your give us your brunch thoughts. Give us your brunch memories. Um, your secret recipe four ten six six two eight seven eight zero. Or email us on foremanwolf at wypr.org. And we'll be back shortly on WYPR. Welcome back to Foreman of Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Jeff, Cindy Wolf. And we're live here today on WYPR. You can reach us 410-662-8780. And we're talking brunch uh, mm-hmm. this afternoon, I should say. And we've got a couple of listener emails I'll jump into, send. Um, this is from Ronnie in Baltimore. I used to be in the music scene here in Baltimore. A night of entertaining folk would leave me quite a pounding headache the next day. When I'm in that place, I crave spice and fat. Sometimes we would cook up some rice and beans with chorizo and peppers, mix it all together and throw it on a tortilla with some avocado and hot sauce, wash that down with very light beer. That made me happy and alive again. That sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it would work. Mm, Nice. Yeah, that's, I'm sure that you've never had any of those days. Is there something that for you must be included in a brunch? Is meat a necessity? Spice? What about drinks? Are there certain things that make you say, it's not brunch if I don't have X? What do you think, Sid? I don't think there are any rules. I think you should be able to do whatever you want. I I mean, I do think we traditionally think of egg dishes, but, uh, you know, or maybe waffles or pancakes, things like that. Um, yeah, definitely breakfasty dishes, but uh, it's nice to have sort of a, 
maybe a plate of uh, different types of meats, maybe some uh, serrano or, or Iberico ham, uh, have different types of cheeses out, you know, have a, a little bit of a European approach towards um, brunch, I think is a lot of fun um, or, you know, sort of antipasta of Italian cooking. Well, that's, um, yeah, that, that, the, the Italian, I mean, that's obviously, it's what we try to do in our house. We do the short attention span version, you know, so there's always pasta, uh, but there, there are other, you know, I'll put fruit, I'll, honestly, I'll make a fruit salad. There was beautiful mango I had last week and blueberries and just lay that out for the girls uh, or a little crudite of vegetables mm-hmm. uh, to, to play with or a salad or just simply dread like if you, if you can find this time of the year, God bless you, some decent cherry tomatoes that you just season and give good oil. That that kind of simple stuff along with, you know, that on the table just kind of waiting for boom, pasta's done. Let's have a, you know, little light in the viola or something and uh, and the girls will get a, you know, a, a, a kitty cocktail sort of thing. <laughs> but yeah, that not the full Italian, you know, mm-hmm. four courses, you're going to spend the day. That sounds good too. Do, <laughs> that sounds really good. Yeah, I could go for that right now. Oh. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. i not. We have to organize one of those. I've not had one of those in a long time. That's the beauty of traveling when it we is. get to well, travel. Let, hey, let's go to a caller, and you can join us four ten six six two eight seven eight zero. Let's go to Chris in Perry Hall. Chris, how are you? Hey, friends. Uh, this question is similar to the last one you answered. I feel like I can always come up with carbohydrate-heavy dishes for a brunch, um, bread, pastries, that sort of thing. Uh, finding high-protein options feels a little bit more difficult. So I'm curious what your go-to either egg dish and meat dishes are. Um, I'm just really curious about that. I, I love different types of sausages. So, you know, I would definitely – I and chorizo is one of my favorites. So I would definitely have things like chorizo – um, sometimes we just cook a piece of pork belly for brunch too, which is nice because it's inex- again, all these things can be, you know, not expensive and can feed a lot of people if that's what your situation is. But a slow cooked pork belly can be a kind of a fun alternative to having smoked bacon for bre- for brunch. Um, and you can base your egg dish around that. It's always nice. One of my favorite things, I've talked about it probably a few times before, but uh, sort of the idea of a Spanish tortilla um, or a frittata, um, which I'm sure you're very familiar with, but <clears throat> that can be done in a large pan. And that way you can kind of introduce everything you want in one dish. You know, maybe you put your potatoes in there in a small dice. You have some ground uh, pork sausage that you had browned off and add to it. And, you know, some sort of fun, maybe pieces of manchego cheese that you melt on top at the end. Tony, what would you do? I was thinking something elegant. Um, if you, I love artichokes. I love artichokes a lot. Uh, if you have a, a poached artichoke bottom, that's a really good landing place for a Benedict. You know, the artichoke mm-hmm. bottom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you, your Oops. choice of whether it's whether it's bacon or Canadian bacon or uh, for uh, because the artichoke has a good flavor, um, meat with more flavor I would like. So guanciale, which is the, you know, the cured, cheek of the of the pig uh that can be crispy and great on there and then uh you know that and and fun to accent with you know what whatever other vegetables that you like Mm -hmm. and then hollandaise 
the simple hollandaise. A is, piece of uh, prosciutto might be nice too. With yeah, artichokes. could just be with prosciutto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, guanciale is my all-time favorite with the artichoke. But and there are there are certainly other vegetables you could do that kind of thing with when asparagus is in season. Again, you can just find a nice landing place with that Benedict, and that's a that that's a pretty interesting. Chris, I think the the one pot dishes are just make it so much easier for everyone. You know, if you do do the frittata or something like that, or you do a casserole dish with, you know, maybe you make Tony likes artichokes, maybe you make an artichoke gratin, um, you know, mayonnaise, whole grain mustard, a little bit of fresh lemon juice, season it nicely with salt and pepper, and you have your sort of, you know, you kind of break up your artichokes with your hand, mix that all together, put it in a, a nice, you know, maybe you have um, some pretty gratin dishes. Uh, and bake it off in the oven. And I mean, all you have to do is you can make that the day before, pull it out of the re- refrigerator, pop it in the oven when you're ready to eat. And and also something like that, you could have a pan of scrambled eggs with, you know, you can and, and you can have your slices of guanciale or your slices of prosciutto mm-hmm. on, a, on a tray. Those things, it just, it makes it fun for everyone. I, I always call them picnics, um, but, you know, it's sort of a grazing situation. And, you know, people can wander in and wander out. You have great bread on the table, um, you know, and, and no, everyone's not, tied to sitting together at one table you can be watching some you know tony likes to watch soccer perhaps you like to watch basketball or football or something you know you're just moving around everybody's got what they want maybe there's some nice um as tony you know fresh fruit out for sure you know you want it to be healthy um always thinking from a standpoint of healthy for everybody um and that gives everyone energy and positivity for the day as well is that helpful chris that is so, so helpful. I also have to take a second to say, you guys revolutionized the way I make mushrooms a couple of weeks back with that show, or months back, I should say. And now Good. my whole family can't get enough of them. So thank you so much. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. I love that. Thanks for the call, Chris. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Sure. Bye-bye. That makes me feel good as a chef. So, but okay. you can email us, foremanwolf at wypr.org. And... Um, and you can call us, 410-662-8780. Give us your brunch ideas, uh, your brunch memories. Uh, also, what is that thing that people serve at brunch that you're like, oh, my God, if I ever have that again, if I ever see that on a menu again? Are you asking me or the or the callers? <laughs> I'm asking the callers. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> but, but, but I will ask you, is uh, oh, there well, something? I that, thought you had something in mind. So I... I I know there's something we make that I absolutely love, and I thought maybe that's what you're referring to, but um, everyone kind of has their version of, well, it's a, it's a sausage casserole. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, croutons on the bottom, uh, grated cheddar cheese. It's super easy to make. We make it every Christmas morning because you make it the day before, and all you have to do is top it off and put it in the oven and bake it. But it's one of those things that everybody, it's kind of like green bean casserole. Everybody has their own, you know, family version of it. But um, there's just, there's, there's, there's so many things you could do. Um, you could make something like a, a zucchini gratin, um, and you could put poached eggs on that after it comes out of the oven. Or, um, you know, have you ever tried, you know, baking eggs, which I've never actually made, but, you know, that's another way you could go uh, in gratin dishes. So that would be, um, you know, easy to do too. You know, I think when you start talking about, poaching eggs that might be intimidating for people, although they're wonderful. So the whole thing with poaching an egg is a nice amount of water, 
Um, obviously, you want really fresh eggs. You usually put them in like little custard cups or little little bowls that you have. You know, crack each one individually, put it in an individual dish. That helps you to pour it into the pot. Um, and you have to have vinegar, white vinegar, uh, a neutral, so white vinegar in the pot a little bit, which helps the egg to coagulate in the cooking liquid. Um, and so, you know, that's something you can actually, you know, restaurants do it. We pre-cook a poached egg because it's really tough during a very, very busy service, especially if you're serving hundreds of people for brunch. And then all you have to do is drop it pretty uh, for a shorter period of time. Um, so you could actually do that if you were concerned, if you were making brunch for a lot of people or, if, you know, obviously everything's much nicer when you do it start to finish. But yeah, you drop your eggs into that sort of free flowing um, uh, bubbly water uh, with a little bit of vinegar in it and try to capture the white around the yolk. And you can always, if, you, if you're very particular, you can always trim them a little bit when they come out. If you are going to pre-cook them, you have to have ice water ready to go and um, shock them, stop the cooking process when they come out and then, you know, lay them out on a towel or something on a little cookie sheet and put them in the refrigerator. But yeah, try to do start to finish and you have a wonderful dish. Poached eggs are so good. A poached egg that's, you know, like that, that the yolk all of a sudden becomes the sauce of a dish. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. No question. On a piece of brio, Sure whatever kind of bread you have that you like, fresh or toasted or an English muffin, whatever you want. I saw a menu item at a restaurant once that was a fancy grilled cheese, you know, mm-hmm. with like jazzy bacon and and, uh, and heirloom tomato on it. And But they cooked it like croque monsieur, so they didn't cut it. Mm-hmm. And then the poached egg was on that guy. Oh. Ooh, crepes. Crepes are fun for brunch. Yeah. That would be oh. fun for people to do, and inex- inexpensive again. Cindy, it's, uh, real quick, it's like you knew it was going to happen. There's an email here from Rocky in Greensboro, Maryland, who says, my favorite brunch is fried chicken and waffles. Oh. I usually <laughs> use boneless chicken thighs and make a sweet waffle mix. Mm. I make a few different syrups, but usually I make a maple mustard sauce for the chicken. Oh. Another good dessert brunch item to have is French toast with a nice poached pear. Sounds good. That's true. French yeah. toast. I like pear and on there. At, it's, it's funny. The people who really make great French toast, they don't measure anything. Right, exactly. <laughs> they, just, they, they just have their methodology. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, when I, when I make French toast, I use cream, egg. I put a little bit of sugar in. And then I like a little bit of vanilla bean or vanilla extract in. Um, and uh, often we'll put maybe just a little bit of like Gosling's rum in or, um, or if I'm not going to put alcohol in, I'll put a little bit of fresh, uh, finely ground cinnamon in. And then you can just, you know, I use brioche. I just, cause I'm in love with brioche. It's one of my favorite breads and it really absorbs beautifully. Dale brioche, a nice, you know, good thick slice, dip it in there. Your pan um, should have either a neutral oil or butter in it. And honestly, I prefer butter, quite frankly. And, um, and then you can brown it in there. And one of the things I'll do is I'll go back on the first side. What I'll do is I'll sprinkle it with a little bit of sugar and then go back onto that side, which I'll tell you what, that makes it really good. It caramelizes it and it's a little, that's a little trick and um, yeah, can make it really great. Got more emails, Cindy, uh, and you can email us foremanwolf at wipr.org or join us via telephone 410-662-8780 with your, 
brunch thoughts and brunch questions. And this one is from Carolyn. I'm hosting a small brunch alfresco for my two-year-old's birthday next month. Mm. Any suggestions for some crowd pleasers for kids and adults? So what do you think? What's everybody going to like? Um, I would do... I would do some sort of large frittata. And one of the things, did she say next month? Next I think, month. yeah, we should, you should, might be able to get peas. Um, you could do some green vegetables in there. It would make it colorful um, and again, healthy, um, but either a little bit of uh, green peas in the um, frittata, a little bit of uh, finely chopped arico vert, maybe, or spinach, which is awesome in a frittata. Um, and uh, I would saute the spinach first, chop it up, and add it to the eggs as they're before they're going into the oven. A good cheddar cheese on uh, the top, um, or or a little grated and mixed in Reggiano, or Reggiano if you prefer that. Um, but yeah, I think something, and you could put shrimp, chopped shrimp in there. I mean, it's such a great outlet and you can use so many different things or you could just do something more neutral and do a mushroom and spinach frittata. Um, but just something that allows you to, again, make something that's large for a, a large group or you could do um, a macaroni gratin, which m- might um, let, not let me feel- stop. Let me, let me stop you right there. Okay, this is a two-year-old thing. You need mac and cheese, Cindy. There's no macaroni gratin. You, okay. <laughs> you need you need little like, you know those little souffle cups mm-hmm. uh, that you can get in 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 foil. Make a good sized batch of mac and cheese. Uh, the 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 more that you the better you want it to be, uh, the better the pasta, and the the better the cheddar that you use, and you know and and that cheddar gets melted with plenty of. It's not just milk. Use a little bit of cream. I'm going to say for once. And, and some butter as well. And get it in those gratin cups, a little bit of breadcrumb on that, throw it in the oven for a last moment or two, like a you know a sheet pan of those things. And you pop that out on a plate for a two-year-old and they will be very excited. Mm-hmm. And I bet you all the adults eat it too. Mm-hmm. So we've got an email from Mike in Baltimore. That makes me happy. I love Jacques Papin's very easy cheese souffle recipe. I'm wondering how you might modify it and what you would pair it with at brunch. Ooh. I would pair it with my mouth. I was going to say, I would... <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> that recipe is so good. I'm not sure I'd modify it. Um, cheese souffle is... My mother used to make them when I was a kid, and it was such a treat, and... I remember thinking they were magical when I was a little girl that that would rise like that. We, she would let me watch it, watch it in the oven. And um, I kind of remember that a light in the oven was unusual when I was a kid too. Um, I think that was a new thing at some point. But yes, I, I wouldn't modify that at all, quite no, frankly. No, it, it just needs things alongside of it. You know, A green uh, salad would be nice alongside well, yeah, of it. I, I was thinking like a salad composé, you know, where you, mm-hmm. you, you, they're greens. I mean, you, you basically toss the greens in a, in a simple vinaigrette, but then you lay out, you know, it, almost like you think of a niçoise being without the, without the tuna, you know? Mm-hmm. It could be olives and tomatoes and, and onions and, you know, but little fingerling potatoes or wh- whatever you might want to lay around there. Um, but that would be nice to have. Something a little more solid than just a green salad. But pairing with it, Mm, that can, that, 
the nerdiest version of what to pair with it would be a white wine from the Savoie. Um, there are a, a couple of things from up there that would do really, really well. Uh, much more simple, accessible. Um, I'm going to leave sacred France, and I would say that from Piemonte, uh, in the northwest of Italy, uh, there is a white wine called, uh, there's a grape called Arnaeus, and that is a charming uh, white wine for brunch. Typically no oak at all. Um, light, charming, very floral, uh, and just the right little like bitter structure to, to take on the fat of the cheese in that souffle. So we're going to go to break now, I think. Okay, let's go to break. We'll be back shortly on Formula Wolf on WYPR. back to Foreman of Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And we're live today. You can reach us 410-662-8780. We're talking about brunch, all the variations. Happy to hear your your ideas. Um, if you have a brunch disaster, you're going to go to the front of the queue. Uh, <laughs> if you call, <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Um, and uh, we're happy to take your emails, foremanwolf at wypr.org. And let's go to uh, Mike in Owings Mills. Mike, how are you? Hi, Mike. Uh, actually, it's Matthew, sorry. Um, That's I okay. actually had a question uh, about stock. Uh, a while ago, I made a uh, lamb stew with lamb neck, and uh, about two days before, I uh, uh, trimmed all the bones out and uh, put them in the crock pot for uh, about... 18 hours or so, and then use that stock as a liquid in my stew. And I'm wondering, because I know when you talk about making stocks, you're talking about making the pot and bringing it to a boil and then to a very low simmer, which a crock pot doesn't do. I'm wondering what I might lose by using a crock pot instead of uh, doing the stovetop, because crock pot is so much more uh, convenient. I, I, You know, the only thing that comes to my mind is, do you have the lid on it? Okay. Well, a stock runs without a lid. And we typically degrease and kind of, uh, you know, take any scum that rises to the top off throughout the process. So as long as it's accessible to you, which I mean, I mean, I know you can take the lid off and, you know, all that. Just don't forget that's an important part. Removing the fat, remo- removing the scum on, that rises to the top. Um, as long as as long as it, um, you start off with cold water, which is what allows the impurities to rise to the top, and um, and then it it does simmer gently. I mean, I I think it's probably perfectly fine. Um, you probably don't need to run it eighteen hours just because of the fact that at some point it's just not going to produce any more flavor. Um, you know, I okay. would say seven or eight hours is really the length of time that, that, that you need to do that. So, I mean, I think it's fine to do it that way, but just make sure you're, you're cleaning it up as it, as it works. I, I would. Well, the crock pot lid is glass, so I can look in and see when there's scum there and take off the lid and. Mm-hmm. 
It can't. It can't reduce though. Is kind of the is that is the thing that I'm thinking about. Um, mm -hmm. You know, as as it gains flavor, it's also going to lose water when you make stock on the stovetop. Uh, if you're making in the crock pot, that that is not going to happen. You don't. You just don't have quite the control as you would have. It definitely sounds like a convenient way to do it. And you, by the way, picked a fantastic item that lamb neck to make uh, stock with. That has so much flavor yeah. and so much gelatin. That's great. Yeah. Now, try it on your stovetop and see. You know, is the convenience worth the the difference in the flavor? Okay. Thanks for Thanks. talking about it. Thanks, Matthew. Yeah. That's an interesting question. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. I'd never thought about doing it that way. The uh, the I think the all time, by the way, popular pasta brunch in my house. There are two. I mean, what? One, there's a very particular sort of beet sauce that they love with a, a, a short shape like garganelli or penne or something. Um, but the some kind of pasta in brodo, especially tortellini or um, uh, mezzaluna or anolini is, is my all-time favorite. And that's a filled pasta that has both... Uh, braised chicken and uh, and the livers mm -hmm. um, and parmigiano and, and the force meat there and I always put a little bit of duck fat in that force meat too and uh, that that in a, a really strong beautiful chicken broth that's a, that's a very big and popular item for us especially on the coldest days in winter sounds nice it's great how about you? What is, what is your comfort brunch, Send? Mm, I I um I really just like a beautifully scrambled egg. Um, you know, one of the things about uh, making the egg as perfect as possible is shaking the pan while you're briskly moving the egg around on low heat, um, and it it just breaks up the eggs into a fine curd and it's really different when you have it that way. Um, it feels different in the mouth and it's tender. It's so it's just a, it's to me, that's a, it's, it's a treat to have the time to make the scrambled egg kind of perfectly like that. Um, and especially, you know, if you can get, we have a lot, a lot of folks locally, we can get fresh eggs from. Oh Yeah. And it really makes a big difference. Um, I can't tell you how big of a difference it makes. And um, so, you know, that's that's it. A great fresh egg, scrambled perfectly, and, and I'm quite happy, actually. That, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. That's something I'm very fussy about at home, and my girls are very spoiled by their fluffy eggs, mm -hmm. as they call them. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they sort of pile up. They're not sheets of hard-cooked eggs. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. the, that, that's the other sort of crime with, with uh, scrambled eggs. People cook them hard. Yeah, I think they that's... They, they begin to get dry and uh, no Right, thanks. I think that's the gift um, you give your children uh, because I know you, you've mentioned a couple of times how I didn't like a lot of things before I met you. And <clears throat> I think I just hadn't had a scrambled egg that I really that was made that way, you know? And my, I remember my sister didn't like scrambled eggs either when we were kids. And 
Um, I think that that's a gift that you give to your children when you can when you can cook very well and you can give them wonderful fresh product like a local fresh egg um, or fresh vegetables um, and just I mean e- even just enjoying you know celery right out of the garden and just you know a tiny bit of salt on there and cut into sticks it doesn't have to be something crazy and it doesn't have to be something cooked but giving giving children this opportunity to taste things at their best I think that that just as a gift and will inform the rest of their life and their love for food and their their need to find good food, a great food and to travel and experience other cultures. I mean, at least one thing leads into the other. So I think that's very nice that you cook like that for your kids, Tony. We try. The um, It's funny, I'm thinking back on a question that was earlier, which is like, what is the, what is the brunch necessity? And I realized the first thing that actually came to my mind uh, is something that will make you happy, and I would say butter. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, when you sit down, and if you work like we do the night before a lot, and, and, and that ends up being like a big deal meal for you, if the bread is good and you have good butter, mm-hmm. not just butter, but really good butter. And we were talking about last night, yeah. <laughs> the first time we both had really good butter in France. Mm-hmm. You know what? Just, Twenty-seven years ago, or something. It was like oh eating cheese. God. Yeah, it was. I'm like, wait, what is this? This is what is the stuff to... we've been getting? Yeah, it's right. It's so oh. good, so 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 brilliant. And there, yeah. and there is and there is more and more butter that's like that made in the states, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you don't have to buy imported all the time for that, though it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bread and butter is a wonderful thing. Good stuff. It's not going to work with a low carb situation. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and a connected question, uh, an email from Aaron in Annapolis. And you can email us, foremanwolf at wypr.org. Um, jumping off the previous emailer who wondered what is essential to your brunch, I'm wondering if you have any brunch no-nos. If there's anything that if you saw it on the table spread, you turn out and walk around, <laughs> turn around and walk out. That's a long list for you, Cindy. Uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I would do that, but, um, wow. I can't really, honestly, I, I don't know. I don't Popcorn. People, I, mean, I people don't honestly don't often cook for either one of us. Oh, well that's so, for sure. You know, so when you, when you get invited, <laughs> yeah. if, if it's like cold pizza brunch, I'm like, I got invited. Yeah, right. Exactly. They weren't scared to cook. <laughs> it was amazing. I don't think there's anything you can do wrong with brunch. Um, and I mean, to really truly answer the question, but. Um, no, it's, it's obviously much more about attitude than about some prescribed thing. And you can make an elegant dish and you can also make a lot of people happy with uh, really good tacos. Or like I said, basically like a, you know, a different version of a, of a croque-monsieur with a poached egg on it. Mm-hmm. That was, I was shocked and that was great. Well, one of the things we haven't talked about um, are oysters. I mean, we, we live in a great area for oysters. Ooh. I think that's a wonderful brunch item to have, you know, maybe you have a couple of different kinds um, and that's always fun. Or, you know, everybody gets involved and as everybody gets- As long as you inv- have a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. talking about oysters on the half shell. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like- 
somebody that works for us, he's he's famous for bringing like a whole case of oysters with him when he comes to your house and starts shucking them. And it's that's one of the things I love about people in this area. They are knowledgeable about their oysters and they know how to shuck them. And so that's kind of a fun thing too. I mean, that gets everybody involved. That's, or you, you know, and you know, don't be shy. Ask someone to maybe bring some things to help with brunch if they're, if you're inviting a bunch of people. And um, it's always nice. You know, I think people like to contribute when they're when they can, um, especially if they are cooks. Um, but um, yeah, that's a fun thing to have is you know a couple different types of oysters, cracking those open, and um, or the real southern favorite, which is to do um, uh, to steam them outside over a wood fire. That's that's a big thing down south. I, I I love all of that. I, I will admit, I like old fashioned, you know, oysters roasted with various things on them, like like a Rockefeller or mm-hmm. Florentine or whatever it might be. That is yeah. very fun to have. Sure. Um, and uh, and fried oysters. Now, fried oysters for brunch. That's worthwhile. Oh. My mom would be happy with that. So Marcelo Vasquez, the chef that I used to work for, used to do clams. And since we're going to talk about that, you know, I don't know. I think this might make a better Sunday supper, but it would be fun for brunch. Um, a little, again, a little bit of a, some kind of pork sausage that's a little spicy um, into the pan with a little bit of very finely chopped sautéed shallot, white wine. Uh, some clam juice uh, or shrimp stock from, uh, you know, something else that you made and and a little bit of extra virgin olive oil, a little bit of finely chopped uh, sautéed garlic and steam open those clams in that broth and mm, that with your that bread can, and butter or bread and olive oil. Exactly. Ooh, that, can, that can be great. Seriously let's, good. Let's sneak in a last caller real quick. Okay. Uh, let's go to Joe in Hagerstown. Joe, we've got like 90 seconds. Hi, Joe. Hi. I um, I wanted to call because several conversations ago you were talking about crepes, and I was thinking about years ago when I used to host St. Valentine's Day parties, and I would invite all my friends over for brunch, and I would basically do like a breakfast thing. I'd have all kinds of breakfast things to eat, and I wanted to incorporate something green into the meal. And I thought about it and thought about it, and I decided to go out on a limb and do something I'd never heard of. So I served broccoli crepes. And uh, I was amazed. It became a hit. That's awesome, <laughs> I would Joy. make my crepes in a special <laughs> pan, and then I would boil my broccoli, and I'd put it in the crepe with some uh, butter, very simple, and I would top it on the... Uh, you know, the tray with uh, cheese and you could use, you know, a cheese, cheese of your choice. And, uh, I couldn't believe people loved it that after afterwards, when I would have, I would have like dinners and stuff, you know, people would actually request my broccoli. That's That's awesome. That's awesome. Joe, we're going to have to go. Thank you so much for the call. That sounds like a fun idea. Absolutely. And so, Cindy, I think that's about all we have time for. Uh, If you want to look up this episode or any one of our others, go to the WIPR website, WIPR.org. Look for the Foreman Wolf page, and there's a whole list of goodies there for you to play with. If you want to email correspond with us, it's foremanwolf at WIPR.org. Thank you for all the emails today. 
And if you want to follow Chef Sandy Wolf on social media, you can follow me as Chef Wolf on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Uh, my Instagram is the real Tony Foreman. And uh, big thanks, as always, to Luke Spignall, who's our producer, uh, who makes this almost like a radio program. <laughs> thanks so much for listening. Happy Sunday. <laughs>